0: Kim. And I'm Katie. And this is a Nerdbook Review.
1: Today we will be reviewing Paternus by Dirk Ashton.
0: Before we forget, let's tell you where you can find us. You can reach us on Twitter at Nerdbook Review.
1: You can reach us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash nerdbookreview.
0: And on Gmail at NerdBookReview at gmail.com.
1: We're pretty predictable.
0: Yes. And also we do Goodread stuff. And if you're looking at a book that we've done, we also do all Amazon, but
1: yeah, uh, Goodreads are nice to see a lot of Cameron's reviews. I haven't contributed much on there, and also you can follow him and see what he might be reading outside of what he's reviewing on the podcast.
0: Yeah, I really do hope to get some more authors in the Spiffbow for 2017. I really enjoyed talking with Matt, and I hope that maybe some of these other semi-finalists will be kind enough to do reviews with me.
1: Yeah, that'd be sweet. Yep.
0: All right, let's go ahead and give you the book stats. It is 514 pages long. It is the first book in the Paternus Trilogy. It was published last year, so 2016. It is a debut novel for Dirk Ashton who has done a ton of stuff in his life, uh, mostly in film. Uh, he has a master's degree in filmmaking from Ohio State University and a Ph.D. in film studies from Bowling Green. He wrote his dissertation on the Lord of the Rings movies. He now teaches in bowling, at Bowling Green in addition to writing. He's a lot of fun on social media. Um, his book took second in last year's Spiffbo competition that we talked about with uh, Matt M.D. Presley, Matt, And he plans on staying a self-published author uh, because he says he's hit a point in his life where he wants to do his things or do things his way and on his schedule. Katie would be so kind as to read the Goodreads book blurb.
1: Yeah, I will try to live up to the standards that Chris has set recently, but I cannot guarantee that. And this is long. When a local hospital is attacked by strange and frightening men, Fiona Patterson and Zeke Prisco save a catatonic old man named Peter and find themselves running for their lives with creatures beyond imagination hounding their every step. With nowhere else to turn, they seek out Fee's enigmatic Uncle Edgar, but the more their questions are answered, the more they discover that nothing is what it seems, not Peter, not Edgar, perhaps not even themselves. The gods and monsters, heroes and villains of lore, they're real, and now they've come out of hiding to hunt their own. In order to survive, Fi and Zeke must join up with powerful allies against an ancient evil that's been known by many names and feared by all. The final battle of the world's oldest war has begun. Paternus, Rise of Gods, is Dirk Ashton's critically acclaimed debut novel and the first book in the Paternus trilogy. It has been compared to works by Neil Gaiman, Scott Hawkins, Roger Zelazny, China Mayville, <laughs> Joss Whedon, and Kevin Hearn.
0: <laughs> oh, man.
1: Sorry to those whose names I may have butchered.
0: All right, let's do my take real quick. Think a 1000000 year war between a panoply of gods throughout mankind's history meets a modern-day setting. Most of humanity doesn't know that the creatures they worshipped as deities throughout the ages are actually real.
1: And that some of them are the same as others, basically.
0: Yeah, I mean, and you you can have different ones throughout the, the the history that have been known as different things. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So my first thoughts on the book, which unfortunately I'm I'm hoping I remember well. I went through things again, but I did read way back in July. <laughs> the. So my first thoughts on the book were that it actually reminded me a little bit of a book I read a few years back called The Changer. Um, in that book, all the creatures from myth actually existed, um, and they ra- would kind of like this one. They would range in age from like uh, you know modern, just a hundred years old or so, to b billions with a b years old. Uh, this is kind of like how this one was a little bit. Um, in this case, it's the same thing, but with a range of creatures that were considered deities in past times, but don't live as openly as those deities obviously did in the past. There are a few of them that we learn, you know, see pretty quick that that a lot of people know about. But I mean, I say uh, it's still a few, a relative few.
1: Yeah, not not very many there. And it basically says as technology has gotten better, they hide more.
0: Yeah, they do. Basically, we're dealing with a modern day world, um, yeah, our own world for the most part here, right? I mean, we're not talking alternate worlds or anything like that.
1: Uh, I, not necessarily. Doesn't seem to be. All of the deities, as they may be called, are created by the father and their mothers are a different animal usually. And that's where their features are mixed between more human from the father and more animal from the mother. So some of the first ones that we see are, what is he, like a crocodile type thing? but like an ancient kind of crocodile, I think. I don't know. Some of them are like extinct animals. So it's, you kind of have to go off the description, but so it'll be like, oh, it's got like a shortened croc snout.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The older the, the creatures are, the more powerful they are, but I'm actually not entirely certain if that's because they got more powerful as they aged or because the creatures that were their mothers were more powerful.
1: I think it might be a little bit of both, but it definitely also has to do with their age.
0: You think you think it does have to do with their age then?
1: Yeah. When they describe a lot of things, some of the younger ones, it definitely sounds like they're saying the older they are, the stronger they are. Okay. And maybe it's just experience over the years too, but it's it has to have something to do with the age or even maybe the earliest children of the father somehow had more of something. Okay. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I just, I, it's, maybe it was something that was, that was talked about, but this was from my notes, you know, right, right while I was reading it. And I don't think I ever remember being entirely certain. Cause you know, like one of the, the most powerful ones is this, uh, like creature that, that was like a, basically a pterodactyl. Yeah. And, and so it was, you know, just horrible, uh, you know, a violent, violent creature. But I wasn't certain if that was because it was from a dinosaur or, you know.
1: I mean, that was probably both. Yeah. I mean, it's a pterodactyl, so it's large. It's going to be able to, like, destroy something much smaller. But it doesn't necessarily mean that another creature is going to be weaker than it that is smaller. Okay.
0: You know. Yeah. 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 And so the way that they, they, some of them are able to hide in society, though, is that they do have the ability to like put a glamour on humans that make them look like they're human. But that's something that like the biggest one still can't get away with. Cause if you're nine feet tall, it still doesn't help.
1: Yeah. They they have a, a small ability, like a small amount of being able to change their shape, but it is mostly making humans see what humans want to see. So, I mean, there's only so much you can disguise a full body of hair with a beard, and then also the fact that you're nine feet tall.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And one thing, so we have the firstborn, and then like a secondborn is someone that was born from a human mother and a firstborn.
1: Or that other, that creature's other species. Yeah. It could be if it's, if the firstborn is half rhino, half human, it could be a half that firstborn, half rhino could be a second born.
0: Okay. Yeah. You're, you're correct on that one. And the, um, the farther down they go though, they're not as immortal. They're easier to kill and they age much more quickly. I mean
1: that the aging thing though is ambiguous.
0: Yeah. Cause there's a character in there that's like a fifth born mm-hmm. who's thousands of years old and appears younger than a character who's a secondborn or a third born. And seems to be only, you know, or seems to mm-hmm. still be, like, late middle age, probably.
1: Yeah. but Even they don't understand their aging or anything like that.
0: Yeah. So, getting past the, what, like, the creatures were, like we said, they're all from the the father. All firstborns have the same father and a different mother, which could be any, any, uh, from a human to a dinosaur, because the father is billions of years old. It was the first creature that had sentience on Earth. And then some of the the children... Are they billions of years old as well? Or are we talking millions?
1: Uh, I, It's hard to say for sure. It seems like as soon as any sort of creatures were... Gaining... Were kind of evolving. Then he started creating children. It's not necessarily... I mean that had to wait billions of or millions of years i don't really know um before that happened
0: okay all right now getting into the setting we always talk about the world this is modern day earth which is something that i generally don't like in a a set in a series i'm not an urban fantasy fan for the most part
1: i'm okay with it as a general rule (laughs) yeah
0: so but i got over it pretty quickly in this one i felt like like, it wasn't an issue, you know, with the story for me in any way. Sometimes I think that the way that you have to hide things is a deal. So, the, the setting is something that I didn't find to be a problem at all, um, even though it was modern day.
1: And I will say that the beginning of it, like, the very first chapter is, you know, it shows you that it's modern. And also, it reminded me of watching, like, an episode of Supernatural. Where like something crazy happens at the beginning and then you meet your main characters (laughs) after that.
0: That is true. That does happen. I've never been a huge Supernatural uh, fan Well, it
1: happens on like any sort of crime show too. But that's just what it reminded me of because it was more of a on theme.
0: (laughs) Okay. So, yeah, we do have a prologue in this one. And we meet our main character who's Fee. Fiona. Um, Fiona but yep. goes by feet yes yes which this is actually a weird trend for me that uh, I think that I have now read something like four or five books in a row where the protagonist is a female but it's been a male author I haven't found that to be an issue in any any of the books that I've read I don't know if you didn't you felt like he wrote a, a plausible character
1: I mean all you have to do is consider the fact that it's a uh, human and not, like, try hard to be like, well, it has to be womanly. It has to be womanly. Yeah. It's just a person. <laughs> yeah. So, I felt oh. like you did a, a good job at that.
0: Okay. Just just wanted to make sure. This is the first time I've had uh, you on for a while. And since we have a female character, something I thought I would ask about.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, she has issues. I mean, her parents died. And she lives with her awkward uncle that she doesn't even know for sure how she's related to him. Um, well, actually, her her dad just disappeared when she was... before she was born. And then her mom died when she was young. So she lives with her uncle and works at a hospital on an internship. And it's like an old folks hospital. Yeah, it's an old like folks for, home. Like vagrants and stuff mostly. And it's like weirdly high tech. <laughs> <laughs> but she... It kind of has a love interest you know gets into that a little bit he's just a guy that works at the hospital as a like a musician or something yeah yeah Yeah, he plays the guitar for the old people
0: yeah i think Um, he was gonna go to juilliard or he did go to juilliard or something like that and then ended up having to leave to help out like family mm -hmm. so yeah he plays music and does like musical therapy i guess
1: yeah the one thing that bothered me though is the and it's not because it was a female character. They do this in like every. It's like a h- super huge trope where she's like, "Oh, he's so attractive. How could he ever be into me?" And he's like, "Oh, she's so attractive, and she doesn't know it." Like
0: <laughs> that does happen. Yeah, that was happens, something I thought
1: about, and it always does annoy me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so but the- yeah, overall, I thought it was good, and it wasn't very romancy, which I liked. It was kind. Of, that was the sidebar and it's not pushed
0: well one thing that doesn't the entire story basically take place over just a few days time
1: yeah it's like two days which at the beginning it even because it takes there are things in different time zones so the at the beginning of the book in the prologue or no whatever the author writes at the beginning the forward in the forward he mentions the time differences between the time zones which i thought was kind of weird until i was like oh wait a second It actually matters for like traveling and things or not trying to uh, Game of Thrones last season it (laughs) and have everyone time warping.
0: Yeah. So I I think that this is a book that it's kind of hard to make sure that we're not giving out too many spoilers, but going into, you know, like, so you're dealing with supernatural creatures like we talked about. um, Yeah.
1: If it's the basic background or if it happens in the first like 50 pages, to me that's not a spoiler (laughs) yeah yeah so and i'm pretty particular about having spoilers
0: yeah so so we've given you the um the thing that drives the story forward and that is the um we have our antagonism is that there is a war going on that has been going on for millions of years at the very least possibly billions
1: yeah and they have a few large battles that they call the uh genocides is that what it was the Holocaust. The Holocaust. Yeah, there's like two great Holocausts, and they describe one a little bit. This the first one. I don't know if it is at all.
0: I can't remember. The second one was described a whole lot more. Yeah. And the so the basically you have two factions of the immortals and
1: which is a a theme throughout, like different pantheons too. I think the words they use are. From, like, the Hindi gods for them.
0: Yeah. Well, it just depends on which ones. The, mm-hmm. One of the big... Uh, or one of the point of views of the firstborns early on were three of them who were Hindi gods or Hindu gods. Were they all? Yeah, I think oh. so. Or the, at least they were in... You know, at various times were part of that. Yeah. So that's where I think you get a lot of that. Mm-hmm. That is... Th- this is where, actually, my... um my biggest gripe with the book was, is that early on, he does have some uh, info dumps. Mm-hmm. I did yeah. read, I read a, an interview that that was uh, on purpose, but it's still something that I don't care for in my, in my stories. You know, there's one that was where he's talking with like a rhino and uh, what was it, a bull? And what was the other one? Like a jackal or some some sort of extinct dog?
1: Uh, some kind of Japanese dog.
0: Yeah. So they had those and he goes into like the whole backstory of the rhino and how he became like the greatest uh, blacksmith yeah. of all time. And it's literally like fe- felt to me like it was 30 pages long. I'm sure it wasn't anywhere close to that.
1: Yeah. And it, I think I would have enjoyed that more if it had been the actual character recalling it.
0: Oh, instead of, yeah.
1: Yeah, because it was just as this guy is, you know, going throughout whatever he's doing, he's like on a short journey, he's going through all these things. And I understand not wanting to add the extra point of views, but I also feel like having it be a secondhand relay is what made it feel more like an info dump.
0: Yeah. Well, and he said he does this on purpose, like that—that that, mm-hmm. that's yeah. his writing style, like he, w- he wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. So that's uh but i mean you know i that's mean
1: though he's a screenwriter so you can imagine in a movie it would just be a flash, a generic flashback that didn't have to do with anyone's point of view and you would just get to see it and it would be fine it would make sense oh yeah so and
0: i, and I think most of his criticism that he's gotten from uh reviewers has been that this is isn't a uh that some people feel like it's not a great novel but it would be an amazing screenplay
1: an expensive movie <laughs> For all the special yeah. effects and makeup and prosthetics for <laughs> yeah
0: but it it would it would definitely be just a, a cool movie.
1: It could be like an adult Pixar film it would it would basically have to be an avatar style movie oh, to yeah. make it work
0: well and and just so that and I say that's criticism that that I've heard the most, but that's not a criticism I have. I felt like it was a, a fun novel.
1: yeah, I didn't mind it every once like if it was too long. As long as I got into it, it was fine. Like it didn't feel taxing. There yeah. were a couple of them that was kind of like eh, I don't care about this that much, but that happens in everything. So
0: yeah, and in my notes, I I have the like it was exactly thirty five percent in mm-hmm. that that stops and there's no more info dumps and it's just basically nonstop action from thirty five percent on. Yeah, that's. Yeah,
1: I think, and it's in the. uh
0: Goodreads blurb.
1: Yeah, it's in the Goodreads blurb that the hospital gets attacked. That's when it. That's no more from that point on. Yeah, that's like thirty five percent.
0: And that, I mean, that's a it's a pretty crazy, like, you know, fight scene right there too. There are a couple of pretty epic fights.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and And they're really easy to follow. Like you can tell what's going. You can really picture it, which I like.
0: Yeah, and I've mentioned before that I'm the uh, the kind of person that that uh since i don't pay great attention to detail at times that sometimes fight scenes can get out of get away from me mm-hmm. where i don't picture them very well and i didn't have that problem at all with this
1: no and mine is that i don't watch a lot of action movies so sometimes if it's not well described i don't have something to fall back on whereas if like the place isn't described i have other things in my mind to fall back on so this was really helpful that uh it, I really felt like I could picture it. Yep. So, Katie, let's go ahead
0: and get into our talking about, like, you know, the recommendation phase, whether we liked it or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think?
1: I really liked it. I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I really love the story, I, like the way it was told. To it has all the mythological creatures that I like. You know, my history and religion background. I got I got past my dislike of urban fantasy pretty fast and I also got past the info dump thing. I mean, I don't think it was ever a point where I thought, "Oh, I'm not going to keep reading because of this info dump."
1: No, definitely not. It was never like a deal breaker and it never particularly even bothered me, but I don't think for someone that doesn't like that that it should be a deal breaker.
0: Yeah, no, that's what I'm you know, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like for me, it can be a deal breaker at times. And I don't feel like it was in any way here. And also with as fast paced and action packed as the book is, once you hit that about 30% mark, 35%, I can see why he wanted to get the pertinent information out of the way fast.
1: Yeah. It really clears the way so that as things are happening, you have a greater understanding. Yeah. And then
0: also if you don't have any sort of background in this kind of stuff, then I think it was helpful that everything was in one place with that info dumps to where it would have been helpful, you know, like knowing the backgrounds mm-hmm. and the pantheons.
1: Well, and it also helped me that I read this on a Kindle. And so I can highlight any word and it will come up with a, a little bit of a Wiki, Wikipedia blurb. So I did that on a few of them when I wanted to know a little bit more about the background of that specific. Because sometimes it would just say, has been known as this, 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 and this mm-hmm. over time. And I can highlight different ones and see what it says about that particular incarnation. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, I never even thought about it. I, you know, I don't think I've ever used that.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can use it to, it defines words. It shows you like the first paragraph from Wikipedia. So if you want more, you have to go, but. Oh, okay. It just pops right up on the screen. Huh.
0: Well, there you are.
1: Oh, yeah. You do have to scroll like, to the right. I think the first thing that pops up is, like, Define, and then you scroll to Wikipedia.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, and then the other thing with this book is that it is, like, pretty dark and intense, and I enjoyed that. Like, it's not going to be, like, you know, the whole high epic fantasy, obviously.
1: I mean, I guess I don't really know what constitutes dark. I didn't feel like this was that dark. Okay. Okay. But, yeah. I mean... It's no Prince of Thorns. <laughs>
0: Clearly not. All right. Uh, on the how did it make us feel?
1: I don't know. I, I don't know that it made me feel any... Like, you always say that, but I don't know that a lot of them make me feel things, but I I definitely found it entertaining, and I enjoyed it, and I liked reading it, but there weren't any, like, complex emotions that it brought out in me.
0: Yeah. No, and that's that's kind of what I'm asking with the book. I mean, I know mm-hmm. that... I feel like some of our early books... We had a lot more of, like, morality theme in them than some of them have, you know?
1: Yeah, well, and I'm also reading The Stone Sky right now, which definitely brings out emotions. and. Oh, yeah. That one's rough.
0: Oh, that is an <laughs> intense book.
1: <laughs> well, have you read Stone Sky yet? No,
0: I haven't read the third yeah. one yet. I just meant the first two.
1: Yeah, this it's not that bad yet, but it's, like, recalling what happened in the other ones. Oh, okay. That's rough.
0: <laughs> also, once again, still blocked by... N.K. Jemisin on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Don't know how to fix that one. Apparently tweeting at her and saying how much I love her books is a no-no. All right. Yeah, also made me feel entertained. There wasn't, uh, there was like a small bit of the morality aspect to it. Mostly like along the lines of just thinking that uh, just how insignificant we were to these, you know, creatures. Yeah. Like, some of the, even the good ones, there's a lot of collateral damage <laughs> and they don't really feel bad that it happened, you know, but I guess when you're millions or billions of years old, that's something that uh, that humanity, you know, their uh, tiny blink of an eye lifespans yep. aren't that big of a deal. And the would we recommend to others part? What do you think?
1: Yeah, I'd recommend it to quite a few people. It has a, a wide range of uh, audience, I think.
0: Yeah. What's funny is, is I think I would recommend this to more people than the average book I have even if I have you know like some of the other books that I've recently read I'm like oh this is right in my wheelhouse more maybe a little bit than this but Mm -hmm. I feel like maybe this one would appeal to a wider range of even non-fantasy people yeah I think you could get some people that like, like it
1: I think I bet Kelly would like this and she reads like Outlander and watches Game of Thrones like that's I think most of her Fantasy situation.
0: Yeah. So, oh. you know, you get those... You you could get the people who aren't just hardcore into fantasy, I think, into mm-hmm. liking this book because of some of the other the other things. I mean, it does have a little bit of the romance, nothing that's obviously overwhelming or uh, that because it's such a short-term thing mm-hmm. that it doesn't, yeah. you know, it doesn't have a chance to, to blossom. But you know that it's there in the background. But so I think that if you don't like that kind of stuff, it doesn't get overwhelming. And... So well, yeah.
1: I mean, it is the first book, so it doesn't get it overwhelming yet. Maybe yeah. it'll play a larger part later.
0: Yeah, and we and we don't know that yet, obviously. Yeah. So I think he has the next book coming out in the spring. So that will be uh, book 2 then. So yeah. So I think that it this appeals to a fairly broad range of people. I don't know that too many people I have read the Changer series or know what it is necessarily, but if, i don't <laughs> yeah if you had, if you liked that then you would like this as well but okay let's go ahead and talk about our rating system how would we rate it on a five star scale
1: uh this one's hard for me because i really enjoyed it but it's not i think the only thing i have against it is that i don't i'm not dying to read the second one Mm-hmm. And I think that's his fault. He kind of ra- like it's not wrapped up, but he ended it at such a good point. that I'm like, mm, I'm not like rushing for the next one. So it almost leaves me feeling like, did I like it as much as I thought? Or is it just that it's not as open as a lot of things? Uh-huh. So maybe a four, but I-, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. And I'm giving this book a four and a half star rating. I did give it a five on Goodreads, but I had thats where my little pet peeve of Goodreads is—is is I really wish they had that half star rating, <laughs> because I feel like this is more than this definitely more than a four star book for me. And if there weren't the info dump thing, where I felt like from about twenty to thirty percent the book bogged down a little bit, then this would be probably be a five star rating for me. But it's just—it's just that one thing. But I definitely. That four and a half star, I feel like, is a pretty uh, solid rating for me. When I read it, I just absolutely loved it. I think I read it in like a day and a half, maybe two days, because I had a weekend. And then, you know, one weekday. And for 500 pages, that's moving through the book pretty fast, you know?
1: Yeah, it seemed short to me, too. Yeah. Like, quick. That's the word. It seemed quick to me, too. And I really, at this point, have only been able to read on my lunch breaks for like a month so, yeah. the fact that I got through it pretty quickly was a big thing, too.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. You have had a crazy busy schedule, we, which actually has been busy for me, too, because you've had a lot of evening work and uh, things like that.
1: And next week, I'll be out of town for th- three nights. So... Yeah. <laughs> have fun. <laughs> yeah.
0: I will be on solo daddy duty. Okay. So, once you get past the, if er, for me, once I got past the info dumps, it was pretty much just uh, entertaining throughout the entire rest of the book.
1: Smooth sailing.
0: Smooth sailing. On the who the main audience and who should and shouldn't read it is, I felt like it was definitely an older teen novel. Um, there's a little bit of the sexuality described, but there's a lot of pretty gruesome murders in this book i would not classify this as a young adult novel in any way
1: yeah there's probably some dismemberment and you know some gruesome things and i mean there's definitely dismemberment but (laughs) yeah a, a lot of a lot of killing
0: a ton of vampires lose their lives in this story it's truly saddening
1: yeah vampires and werewolves you know i didn't i didn't see them coming
0: no, <laughs> I didn't either. There's something like fifth or sixth born. They don't have any sun issues, but
1: oh, I wasn't say sun issues like kids. No, no, no. I mean like <laughs> like being in the daylight.
0: Yeah, as far as I yeah. could tell.
1: Yeah, and I don't think that's a spoiler because I mean, whatever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> They're kind of throwaway characters. So in. The, Okay, there you are. There's, there's a funny way where here's characters that don't matter, that really are truly a throwaway, that it doesn't matter that they're not fleshed out as individuals. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if, they, if you flesh them out as individuals, that would be a lot of individuals.
0: Oh, yeah, like hundreds of them. So um, <laughs> on, on my parting like thoughts for this is that Dirk Ashton is, I think he's like the first of the like self-published authors that I read and it made me
1: i don't think that's true
0: isn't it who else did i read for it self-published
1: well maybe that you've reviewed on here but you used to read from amazon unlimited all the time
0: yeah but those weren't uh
1: many of those are self-published
0: most of them are probably but i I would say this is the first book this is the first self-published author that i read intentionally without just being a Kindle Unlimited like dump, you know, mm-hmm. like where I was like, Oh, I need a ton of things that I just don't care about to be read. And I got into looking at like the Spiffbo stuff because of Mark Lawrence and his involvement. And then I started looking at like, I looked at Paternus because of that. And it made me realize that along with, with MD Presley and his, his novel that's in that you know, made it through to the semifinals and this one, this year is that the top end of the f- self publishing world these days is every bit as good as the uh anybody mass in mass published is I the guess. mass published, yeah, yeah. I think that we're getting to an age where or an era where
1: mainstream, I bet
0: that's the... That's yeah, that's probably what they say, where, where it's getting more mainstream. And no, I mean, oh, I meant the mainstream public, oh, like yeah, by yeah. the big companies, like the big five, yeah, I don't know what to call the big five, but. You know like Dirk he's choosing to stay self published because he just you know he's working on his schedule now and he has his you know professor stuff that he does at Bowling Green and he just doesn't feel like you know at his as he calls it at his advanced age i think he's in his <laughs> 50s that he's that he wants to deal with that and there are a few other authors who are choosing now to go uh, self published route that had big deals and felt like they were the low man on the totem pole and that even though people, you know, like the mass massive uh, sellers don't need the publicity the same way, that they still got all the publicity while the low, lower end people for the big publishers basically are still left to do their own thing and don't get nearly the money that they expected they were going to get. So anyways, that's my last rant right there. I would recommend reading this book and I think that it has a pretty wide audience.
1: Yeah, I think it'll really appeal to a lot wider of an audience than your normal, long, tedious journey. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I never finished reading The Lord of the Rings. I I just got confused. I could never remember where anyone was. <laughs> and I had seen the movies already. Yeah, yeah.
0: I That's one thing where I don't care what kind of blasphemy it is. The movies are way better than the books. All right, getting into closing... We are finally actually going to put out The Revolt in 2100 by Robert Heinlein this time. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was four episodes ago that I said I was going to do that. And then... Poor ju- Barry. Poor Barry.
1: Just gets pushed back.
0: He did. Yeah, poor yeah. Barry. But I love that he likes to do those. And it is a nice like change-up. But just because of a couple things <laughs> that happened outside of uh, uh with the podcast i just felt like that it was uh good to push it back a couple for some of the other books that we did so we will get back into a normal rotation hopefully with uh katie chris barry and casey rotating through pretty equally hopefully from now on
1: hey 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 i i resent that that was directed at me <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's true, though. (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you all.
1: Have a good night.